It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 93- 3-1-381-4567 or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And welcome into the Virtual Bible Study. We're glad you're a part of it tonight. And if you'll notice, on if you're watching us live, uh, you don't see me, you just hear me. And uh, so uh, a new yeah, perspective tonight. We're, we're running without a co-pilot tonight. Yeah, so we're uh, we're gonna get by, and uh, and I'm over here behind the curtain tonight. We're uh, we're we're without an engine. I'm here now. You are. You are. Yeah. Go ahead and uh, keep uh, talking there. Welcome to the virtual Bible study. This is the virtual Bible study for October seventh, two thousand and ten. We're glad that we're part of it tonight. We look forward to hearing from you. The number to call to be a part of the program tonight is eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven. It's a toll free number tonight. Or send your emails to questions at collegeview.com. We have an interesting program planned for tonight. Uh, why don't you go ahead and introduce the, the topic for us, Dad? Well, Jacob, uh, earlier today, as we almost always do, we sent out an update to our list of telling people about our uh, topic for discussion tonight and asking for feedback. And so to our update list earlier today, and as always, if you want to be on that list, send us uh, an email to questions at collegeview.com. We suggested we want to talk about the question of human suffering. This is something that really bothers a lot of people. A lot of people have a a real issue with the fact that innocent people suffer in this present world. I think that helped it, Jacob. Innocent people suffer in this present world, and that's a real problem to a lot of people. And so we want to talk about that. How, How is it that God allows innocent people to suffer? We're going to talk about the question of human suffering. And to our update list... Today, we send out four questions. First question is, what are some of the reasons why people suffer? Uh, Sort of clarifying that question a little bit, what are some of the causes, what are some of the things that contribute to people suffering in this present world? Uh, I think we can find out, and as we get into that discussion, we're going to find out that we bring a lot of the suffering on ourselves, or we are the victim of other people's sins. Uh, and suffer the consequences of their sins. But either way, we, we have some answers to that question. What are some of the things that bring suffering into people's lives? Number two, we ask the question, how would you answer someone who's blaming God for their suffering? Because a lot of people do that. You know, when they get into a bad situation, when they begin to suffer, they say effectively, why is God doing this to me? And you may have heard people who use that expression specifically. Why is God doing this to me? We want to talk about that in our program tonight. How would you answer a person who makes that claim? And then third, uh, is there anything good that can come from suffering? You know, we, we, I think, imagine suffering to be a bad thing, an exclusively bad thing. And uh, we want to talk about, is there a possibility we could get good out of suffering? Something good could come of it anyway. Uh, we'll talk about that, uh, and we want your input on that. Is there anything good that can come from suffering? And then finally... 
what's the best advice that you could offer to someone who is going through a period of intense suffering? What advice could you give them? What help could you give them? Uh, what, what would be something that you would say that might be, uh, you know, uh, an encouragement or help to someone going through suffering? Those are the four questions. That's sort of the, the direction we want the study to go tonight. Jay, we got everything up and running? I think we're going. I think we're up and running now. So uh, we're, we're ready to go. We're ready for your call at 877-381-4567. Email questions at collegeview.com. Uh, got a call that we may have trouble on our audio-only feed tonight. So if you're listening on the audio-only feed, you might uh, let us know if you're, we're coming in on that tonight. Or if you're watching the video feed, you might do us a favor, jump over and check the audio feed, see if it works tonight. Okay. Let us know. Good. All right. All and right. Uh, we might make a mention, Dad. We've had some problems with uh, with our Ustream. We've had some inappropriate ads on our Ustream. And we did some work this week. We weren't comfortable enough with it, what we have done to make the change. But we want to make a change to our video feed, get off of Ustream entirely. So next week, hopefully, there'll be a new video feed. There'll be a new uh, chat room. You won't have to use Ustream's chat room. If you're listening to the audio-only feed, you can participate in that chat room, and you won't have to have an account to chat anymore. You can just tell us your name and start chatting away. Yeah, and I, I think all those are going to be major improvements. We we certainly apologize for it was brought to our attention. We had seen some of it ourselves in the last few weeks, and it was it was brought to our attention by other listeners and viewers who saw some inappropriate stuff on uh, the the advertisements that Ustream was throwing yeah, out it, there. It was bad enough when the lady was in the del- delivery room, but I guess it's got even worse. We yeah. haven't seen that, but we've heard that it's gotten even worse. Yeah. So we're going to get rid of that. We're killing it. So, so, our, so our, our, our intention is to get away from the Ustream as a as – a, and that's a free service, That's and that's how they pay for it is they sell advertising. But, of course, we're not going to – we're not going to uh, want to be there if they're going to show inappropriate things. So we're going to try to get out of that, and we apologize for that to those who have seen it. And Sorry. We, and we might mention another feature that's coming uh, along with the new video. It's a new program that we're going to start. Uh, we, we, it's going to be a recorded program. We recorded the first edition last night. For the young people here at college, you are going to put together a program. You're going to start out with just basic Bible truths, and uh, and then we're going to go. You know, we'll, we'll we'll start off here and we'll see how it goes. But uh, the young people are going to to teach a a, a short program. Yeah. And I, as they get better, maybe it'll go up to about thirty minutes. So hopefully, what we're going to do is is show that recorded. It's going to be recorded on Wednesday night, and hopefully, we'll show the recording as a run-up to the virtual Bible study on Thursday night. And uh, I, th- I think our young people are excited about it. Our young men uh, are showing great interest in doing that. And so uh, you can kind of be looking for that forward to that also another thing jacob that we have not uh, we haven't been getting much feedback or any to speak of on uh, the idea of a uh, cell phone text message uh no responses no we're not getting anybody okay nobody wants it i guess if nobody wants it we won't do it but what we're offering is to send out a text message to your cell phone just minutes before the virtual bible study begins on thursday night uh so that you remember to get to your computer and turn it on and so if you want that all you have to do is send us an email to questions at collegeview.com. Give us your cell phone number with area code and your cell phone company, and we'll send you one text message a week just a few minutes before the virtual Bible study begins. You can be, you can have that service. We'll be glad to provide it if you want it. Uh, of course, if you want to be on our email update list, and we've got hundreds of people who are, and if you're uh, not on that list and want to be, send us a, an email to questions at collegeview.com. Tell, me, tell us, put, put me on the email update list. Also, if you've been on that list and somehow you're not any longer getting our updates, we have not purged our mailing list. And so if you're not getting it, 
high likelihood that uh, we're getting diverted into your spam filter folder. So check that out. Okay. Uh, and uh, since I'm behind the screen here tonight, uh, behind the curtain, uh, I can see the numbers of uh, the number of listeners who are our viewers that are watching us tonight. And about 50%, over 50% are watching, it appears, from our website only, and they can't participate in the chat room. So as we make the change, it'll be beneficial for those viewers. You can then you can participate in the chat room by staying at our website. And if you're watching us uh, or you listen to us in the recorded podcasting version, you may want to make an effort to be here on Thursday nights because the chat room, I think, is only going to go up from here, Dad. I think it's going to get better. Yeah. And uh, so that should be a, a, an, an addition to the program. You don't have to just listen to our thoughts. You can uh, you can read the thoughts of listeners from around the world. So we appreciate Well, our friend Anthony in the chat room, Jacob, uh, is telling us, uh, of course, he's one of our volunteer engineers. He's not here tonight, but he's listening, and he says that maybe the audio uh, only is not working. He thought it was there for a minute, and maybe it's not now. So we're, Okay. Well, uh, I just stopped it and restarted it, so maybe uh, maybe Anthony could test it again. All okay. right. Okay. We're talking That's about no human way. suffering on the program tonight, and those people who are listening to the audio only version are maybe experiencing some of that. Yeah, we're suffering through with some more of our... All lingering technical difficulties. We hope to get better. Uh, let's talk about this. First question we put out there, Jacob, was the question. And, and again, what we're trying to answer is, why is there suffering? Why does God allow suffering? How can it be that uh, a loving God allows innocent people to suffer? And that is a huge problem in a lot of people's minds. And actually, it serves as fodder for atheists to throw at us who are believers. Okay. Let me Let me suggest to you a line of reasoning. It's not reasonable, but it's a line of reasoning that atheists try to suggest to us as an argument against God. They they say, you Christians claim that God is all-knowing. Right. Now, if he's all-knowing, but he does not know about all the pain and suffering that's going on here on planet Earth, then he's not really all-knowing. You claim he's all-knowing. Does he not know that this is happening? Okay. If, he, if he doesn't know this, this suffering is going on, he's not all-knowing. Well, you also claim that he's all-powerful. Right. Now, if he's all-powerful and he knows that this is, is going uh, – if he knows this suffering is going on but he is incapable of stopping it, then he's not all powerful. You Christians say he's all powerful, but he, if if he doesn't know, he's not all knowing. If he knows and can't stop it, he's not all powerful. Okay. Uh, if so, he, so if, they're working. They're working here towards a dilemma. Yeah, they're trying to put us in a unsolvable dilemma. Yeah. Okay. They go a step further. If he knows that the suffering's happening, and he can stop it, but won't, then he's not a loving God. All right, so now they're taking us through. If if he doesn't know, that that's a problem with God. If All right. He, if he knows but can't stop the suffering, that's a problem okay. with the idea of God. All right. If he knows and he can stop it but he won't, then that indicts him as not being a loving God, they claim. Okay. And then finally, they say, you know, the reality of pain and suffering suggest that God is not one of those things, or maybe not any of them. Maybe he's not all-knowing, maybe he's not all-powerful, maybe he's not a loving God. But you, you, they say, you Christians have a problem with the, with the reality of human suffering. Okay, And so I think it's necessary for us to be able to answer that accusation and, and try to come up with a, uh, a defense uh, for, our, 
for our faith. All right. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. Do we have an unsolvable dilemma? Have the atheist and the agnostics posed a dilemma to us that we cannot solve, the dilemma of human suffering? What do you think? 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. Or join in the chat room. You can join in the chat room tonight without a username. You don't need a username uh, to comment. Uh, the, uh, the moderation feature has been turned off. I uh, got an email, Jacob, from, from our friend Phil, who is our uh, streaming host, and he says both feeds seem stable, seem more stable now. The video was stop and start for a while. The audio, audio feed was not working, but now is. Cable modem reliability could be an issue, he claims. Well, I'm afraid it might be again. We may be we may be getting uh, people may be siphoning off that internet free. Oh, I'm I'm really getting tired of that, but that okay. might be it. Okay. Uh, uh, and okay, all right. So let's well, get started. Hey, why don't we take a break before we get into okay. it? Uh, we're going to take a break, and uh, during the break, uh, Dad, I want you to hear. We've got a guest voice in the program. The, the voice has been in the news lately, and uh, it's going to you're going to hear it during the program. So listen to that. See if you recognize the program that the voice comes from. We're taking a break. We'll be right back after this. Enjoying the virtual Bible study? Email a friend during this break and tell them to join in on the discussion. There's more exciting Bible study after this commercial. Tonight on Channel 8 WSIN, it's TV like you've never seen it before. Starting at 8, it's TV's funniest new comedy, Fornication in the City, and Marie has been misbehaving again. Guess what? I just cheated on my husband. He doesn't even know about it. <laughs> And then at 8.30, it's the show that's setting the standard. You won't want to miss this week's I Love This World, where Bob makes a great announcement. Well, I think it's time you knew the truth. I'm gay. (laughs) And at 9 o'clock, it's the show that Television Magazine has called the number one drama for murder and violence. You won't want to miss this week's In Cold Blood to see who will be the next to be gunned down. It all starts tonight at 8 o'clock on Channel 8 WSIN. I'm Greg Gwynn reminding you that sin is a terrible thing and that those who are entertained by watching others sin fall under the condemnation of God that is mentioned in Romans 128. Be careful what you watch on television because in spite of what the devil wants you to think, sin is always sin and it's never funny. Let me ask you some questions. Do you think people should do anything on Thursday night besides listen to the virtual Bible study? Absolutely not. Well, do you think that they should listen to the whole program every week? Every bit of it. Well, are they teaching the truth of God's Word? Exactly. Well, there you have it. Make the virtual Bible study a regular Thursday night appointment. Missed a recent virtual Bible study program? Listen to any of our past programs from the archive section of our website. Now, back to the virtual Bible study. Welcome back up to the virtual <laughs> Bible. So you're, you're not in your normal chair tonight <laughs> yeah. either. Hey, welcome back to the program tonight. We're glad you're part of it. Uh, we heard a guest voice during the program. I'm uh, we'll, on it. I got it. I yeah, well, hold that. Don't tell anybody. If you're in the chat room tonight, if you if you recognize the voice, she's been in the news this week, national news, and we interviewed her. And she was on the virtual Bible study at one yeah, time. That's right. So if you recognize that voice, let us uh, let us know in the chat room. You don't need a username to chat, so just send in. Uh, your guest there to the guest voice on the program. She didn't actually, you didn't actually ask her those questions. That was the no, uh, we kind of the marvels of modern technology. Yeah, that's but, right. Uh, we right. did a little clip and paste. There. All right, we're talking about human suffering. Oh, there we go. Somebody has got to the answer. Shirley Phelps Roper. That's right. That's who it was. Yeah, and that and that group, that Westboro Baptist Church, has been in the news this week because they actually made a pleading 
before the Supreme Court in Washington, D.C. You know, uh, they're famous for protesting at the funerals of soldiers and so forth. And that's part of what we interviewed Shirley Phelps Roper about. It was actually her sister, Jacob, who who pleaded their case if before she, the Supreme if, Court. Okay, she's in the news this week. Yeah, okay. but it is that group, that Westboro Baptist Church. All right, uh, All right. so uh, we, that's a good guess there on the on there. And uh, if you want to look in our archives, you can hear that program. Very good program. And we talked to them about uh, the ramifications, if you why, will. Why, why, do they, why they do that stuff, and it's because they are hyper-Calvinists. And, and, we were ta- and, and so our study was about the error, the doctrinal error of Calvinism. Okay. So check that program out. All right, we're talking about human suffering tonight. And, you know, this is a good subject to talk about because everyone experiences suffering in this world. Exactly. All people suffer. Job chapter 14, verse 1 says, Man that is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. And so that's just a reality of life. We have to understand that that's a part of living in this present world. Suffering is something that comes to everyone. And so if you're suffering now, just realize that's the common plight of mankind. If you're not suffering now, get ready because it's coming. That's just the reality of things. And and no one escapes it. Everyone suffers in this present world. That's a reality. Now, we ask the question, why do what brings on suffering? What are some of the causes? What's what are some of the contributors to suffering? And we have an email from Anthony who says the core reason that people suffer is because Adam and Eve sinned and brought pain and death into the world as a result. Sin is also very frequently the cause of suffering on a personal, practical level. For example, liver disease as a result of alcohol abuse. In other words, here's a guy who's suffering. Anthony's example is a perfect one. Here's a guy who's suffering, and that's a pretty pain. I understand that's a pretty painful thing to deal with, and obviously leads to death. If you, you kidney, uh, I mean, uh, liver. liver failure will kill you, mm-hmm. and a, a, in a painful way. And this guy brought it on himself because he chose to drink intoxicating beverages, and and uh, to the point of drunkenness even, and and he's paying the price for it. Okay, he says innocent people suffer at the hands of evildoers, murderers, thieves, rapists. Uh, let me take Anthony's uh, illustration of someone who drinks alcohol. So they're killing themselves and bringing suffering in their own life. And then they get out on the highway and drive a car, crash into an innocent person. And then now that person suffers. Maybe here's a, here's a person completely innocent of that sin. And yet because that drunk crashed into them, now they got to live the rest of their life uh, paralyzed in a wheelchair or whatever. Okay. So I, I think that that hits on it very well. Uh, Anthony suggests some people suffer basically because they do evil, and the Bible definitely teaches that. In First Peter chapter 4, verse 15, Peter said, Let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief or as an evildoer or as, bu- as a busybody in other men's matters. So suffering there, uh, being, for being... Evil. Yeah, he's saying don't. But but the implication is you could if you chose to commit those sins sure. as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or even as a busybody in other people's matters, you could end up suffering from that. He's saying don't do those things so that you won't suffer. But right. the, but the implication of the statement is that there there are things that you could do that would bring about suffering. Okay. Uh, got an email from Arthur in Kalioka who suggests a verse, and I'm not sure what this verse applies to. Let me read it. First, Pete, First John 3, verse 20. Uh, if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. Um, I'm not sure how that how Arthur intends to uh, for that to be applied, other than uh, possibly 
that conscience, maybe your, your conscience. Your conscience will bother you. You know, if you know that you've done some bad, God certainly knows that you've done bad. That's that probably, sort of thing. That's probably what he's talking about. Our, our conscience could plague us. Okay. All right. All right. Eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven. By the way, is the number to call. Questions at collegeu dot com is the email address to use. And the chat room is available in Ustream tonight if you are watching us there. Uh, hopefully the last night you will watch us at Ustream, but you can comment without uh, being logged on tonight if you'd like to comment in the chat room tonight. Let us know your thoughts. We look forward to hearing from you. Okay. So we, we know that some people will suffer because they chose to do evil, as Anthony pointed out in his email. Um, but some people will suffer even for doing good. Now, this is, this is uh, the other extreme end of the spectrum, Jacob. Some people suffer because they choose to do good and they get persecuted for it. Oh, you're going to have to explain this one to me. Well, we were just reading 1 Peter 4, verse 15. Let no man suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, as a busybody, and other men matter. Others men's matters. The next verse, verse 16, 1 Peter 4, verse 16 says, Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on his behalf. So Peter suggests, and we know it has been you know, a reality that men might suffer for doing good. They might suffer as a Christian. And he says, if that happens to you, don't be ashamed of that. Uh, rather glorify God that you were uh, uh, in a position to be able to suffer for his cause. And and Peter, uh, Peter, those, those are not just idle words on Peter's part. Peter himself experienced that. He was yes. one of the very first ones to suffer persecution. Right. In, in Acts chapter 5, uh, they were the first physical persecution against Christians was was a beating of the apostles, including Peter. But when they received that beating, it says in Acts five forty one, they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily in the temple and in every house, they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. So they they suffered for doing good. Uh, and he said we might have to, he told others, you might have to do that. Don't be ashamed if it happens. All right. In the chat room tonight, uh, we have a comment, Second uh, Timothy chapter 2, verse 3, uh, where Paul, who was no stranger to suffering, told Timothy, therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And so he told Timothy that they, he, Timothy would have to endure difficult times. Uh, Paul knew that, no doubt, firsthand. And uh and certainly the same is true today. In Second Timothy 3, verse 12, uh, Paul said, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Okay. So, I mean, it's going to happen, and, and we might as well expect it, uh, be ready for it. In fact, I, I think it potentially is sort of a good self-test, Jacob. If, if I'm not suffering something for the Lord, no, in other words, if I'm able to live in this world as wicked and corrupt as it is, and I get no grief for that, I, I get no form of suffering for doing so, then that that should serve as a red flag to me that maybe I'm not uh, uh, living the way God intends for me to live. Uh, so uh, we, we might think of it along those lines. In John 15, verses 18 and 19, Jesus said, If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. And so we live in a wicked world, and we're trying to live a, di- a different way than they live. And they don't like that. They, they don't like the contrast that exists between those who are trying to re- live righteously and their wicked deeds. And so therefore they're going to attack. You know, we talk about uh, being a follower of Christ and being a disciple of Christ. That means that we want to live like Christ lived. 
And we ought to expect if we live like Christ lived, then we're going to suffer like Christ suffered, or at least be rejected by the world and, uh, and not be their friends. Uh, hopefully we won't suffer uh, the physical persecution, but we're definitely not going to be loved by the world. That's right. And, and uh, you know, if our master suffered, then we ought to expect it. He said he said as much. So uh, Arthur sends in a verse, Romans eight seventeen. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. And so, again, the reality of suffering. All right. And we have a chat in the chat room. We have a comment, and maybe you could clarify it further. No matter what people talk about, politics, business, religion, organization, friendships, relationships, or anything is all bound by morality and choice, and it can't be escaped. Uh, so let us know your thoughts. Uh, you might give us some more clarification on that uh, tonight if you'd like. Another, another chat, uh, person in the chat room says, Of course you are going to suffer if you love Christ and teach Jesus. Jesus said to expect it. There are those in the world who will hate you and try to make you suffer, but don't suffer, rejoice. Well, you, you may have to suffer, but re- you can rejoice in that suffering. I think that's maybe a clarification that I would add there. I don't think you have to enjoy it necessarily on a physical level, but yeah. you should rejoice in a spiritual level that you are able to suffer uh, for the cause of Christ. Exactly right. Jacob, before we get away from that theme altogether, we should point out the, that there is a sort of suffering that maybe is what we would refer to as no-fault suffering. In other words, we've said okay. you might suffer for doing evil or you might suffer for doing good, but sometimes suffering, I guess we just can't assign a reason to it. It just happens, okay. and we, we, we don't have the insight to know all the ins and outs. In John chapter 9, beginning verse 1, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth, And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents. Okay. Jesus said it wasn't either one. It's just what happened. And so, you know, in in some cases we can't assign uh, a reason why. We just have to accept that it happens in this world. All right. So you've got uh, then enumerated three different causes for suffering. And uh, basically, I guess we could conclude... Uh, that you're going to suffer, no doubt, how you live. You live evil, you can suffer for that. You live good, you can suffer for that. Uh, you just, just by the mere fact that you exist, uh, suffering can come your way. So everyone, suffering is universal, I guess, is what we could conclude. Exactly right. Look, we're gonna we're gonna go to the second question. We, we're up to break time, so we'll take a break here and get our bullet point, Jacob. But uh, our second question was, how would you help someone? Or answer someone who is blaming God for their suffering. You know, God, why are you doing this to me is the question that comes up. And uh, we want to know how how you would answer a person who makes that charge against God. That's a common one. Yeah. God, why are you doing that? God, why are you making me suffer like this or my loved one suffer like this? Yeah, I talked to someone after uh, his mother passed away. and he, He said, I just don't understand why God would want to do that to my mother. Yeah. Uh, and that's a common. I mean, that's no, a, you hear a lot. You yeah. hear it a lot. So we're going to talk about that so, when we come uh, back. Is that the right response, or is there? What's the scriptural response? What's this, uh, the truth from God's word? How we'd answer that question? We'd like to hear your thoughts. Get them in now over the phone. Be ready to go on the phone. It's toll free eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven. Or send your emails into questions at collegeu dot com. Or if you prefer, we can take your comments over the chat room tonight. Uh, you can join in there, and you don't have to have a username. So join in during the pro- the break, 
We'll get this week's bullet point. We'll be right back on the other side. After these important messages, we'll be back to take your comments. Email them during this break. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's bullet point. It was reported in a church bulletin that a certain congregation was issuing a license to complain to all the members that applied and were qualified. But in order to qualify, the applicant had to certify these things about himself. Number one, I attend all regular and special worship services of the church. Number two, I pray each day for fellow members of the congregation, the preacher, each elder, and every deacon, that they may be strengthened. Number three, I see that my children are enrolled and take part in all the study activities planned for them. Number four, I volunteer for, gladly accept, and enthusiastically carry out responsibilities in the church. Number five, I visit the sick and shut-ins and help in evangelistic calling on prospective members. Number six, I regularly and systematically give of my income to the congregation, always praying for God's help and making me aware of my financial obligations. And number seven, I firmly believe others in the congregation are motivated by goodwill in their relationship to and their actions toward me, and I interpret them that way even as I anticipate their love and understanding of me. Now remember, in order to obtain this license to complain, the church member had to certify that all those things were true about himself. Now, here's the interesting part. This particular congregation reported that no licenses had been issued. Do you know why? It's because those who applied were not qualified, and those who qualified did not apply. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. I am Nestor Sanchez from Arica, Chile, in South America, and I love to listen to the virtual Bible study. And this moment, I invite you to participate in this program, too. Broadcasting around the world with truths that are out of this world. The Virtual Bible Study. Take it away, guys. And welcome back to the program tonight. We're glad that you're on the other end, and we appreciate you listening. We'll remind you this program is brought to you by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Find out more about the College View Church of Christ, what we believe, what we practice, how we worship God, by visiting our website, collegeview.com or thevirtualbiblestudy.com. If you're in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we would encourage you to visit with the College View Church of Christ at your earliest convenience. That's the best way for you to find out more about us. We meet on Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. for a period of Bible study, followed by a period of worship at 10.30 a.m. On Sunday evening, we meet again at 6 p.m. for a period of worship. And on Wednesday night, we meet at 7 p.m. for a period of Bible study with classes for all ages. You'd be welcome at any and all of these services. We encourage you to come. If you have any questions about the College View Church, or if you have questions about anything you've heard on this edition of the program or on other editions of the Virtual Bible Study, we welcome you to contact us at any time, 877-381-4567, or email your questions or your comments to questions at collegeview.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're talking about human suffering on the program tonight, Dad, and before the break, we concluded, as you showed us very clearly, that human suffering is a universal phenomenon. Everyone is going to suffer uh, it's just a fact of the human existence. That's right. And uh, we want to we go to then a reaction that some people offer. And that reaction is, why is God doing this to me? And so the, the response of some people is to blame God. And so we want to talk about the, that. And we've asked, how would you answer someone who is making that accusation? And I think we've got a really good answer from Anthony, who says, I would tell them that they are blaming the wrong person. The Bible tells us that God tempted no, tempteth no man, and it tells us to lean on God and cast our cares on him. So God is not the source of our suffering, but rather a source of comfort. And I think that's a great answer. Um, I, I believe that it, uh, 
if you wanted to look at the the, the root cause of suffering, as Anthony points out, uh, don't blame God, blame Satan. If you want a picture of how God wanted things here on planet Earth, go to Genesis chapters 1 and 2. That's right. And, and read about the Garden of Eden and the perfect environment that God established for man and woman. When God had it his way, and when his will was being followed on planet Earth, it was perfect bliss, no suffering. The suffering resulted because Satan was able to convince Adam and Eve to sin, and as sin entered the world, then all the ramifications of it also entered. And so, uh, you know, if you want to blame somebody, don't blame God, blame Satan, I believe is the, is the right answer. In fact, in Genesis 1, verse 30, in Genesis 1, verse 31, God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. So there, there's how it is when God has it the way he wants. But by the time you get to chapter 3 of Genesis, verses 16 and 17, God says, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception, speaking to the woman, in sorrow shalt thou bring forth children. And to the man he said, Cursed is the ground for thy sake, in sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Wow. So it went from everything was very good to things sound very bad. What happened in between there? Satan and sin. And men messed up. Men choosing to sin. That's right. So, so there's, there's your, your culprit. If you want to find somebody to blame, blame Satan. Don't blame God. A couple of verses, Jacob. In Luke 13, verse 11 beginning, it says, Behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bowed together and could in no wise lift up herself. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, thou art loosed from thy infirmity. And later in the text, he goes on to say, Ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan hath bound, lo, these 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? They criticized him because he did this healing on the Sabbath day. And so he was answering them. But notice who he said was the source of her suffering. He said Satan had caused it. For 18 years, caused this woman to suffer for 18 years. Jesus knew who to blame. Okay. He didn't blame God. And then Paul, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, we know Paul had this thing that he referred to as a thorn in the flesh. And he says in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 7, Lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelation, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. And so Paul identified his suffering as a messenger of satan coming from satan so again putting those things together i believe that's the right answer um that if we want to blame someone blame satan blame all the evil that has come into the world don't blame god that wasn't that wasn't the way he wanted it we prove that by going back to genesis chapter one okay eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven questions at collegeview.com uh, certainly, as we talk about suffering, we see that uh, we don't need to be blaming God. Uh, we don't we don't find anywhere in the scriptures where uh, God. Well, maybe we ought to change some of that. God does cause suffering as punishment. For as punishment, evil. yeah, yeah as he's punishment caused a lot of suffering. But uh, as it comes upon our ways, we're striving to live right and live by uh, for God. God's not going to punish us for that. Right. That's right. Okay. All right, now, we ask a third question, and we need to get to it because uh, I think there's several things that we want to point out. Um, is there any potential good that can come from periods of suffering in our life? We've already pointed out that everybody's going to suffer. 
Suffering is a reality in this world. It's because of the work of Satan uh, bringing evil and sin uh, uh, into the world, men choosing to sin at, at Satan's temptation. Is there anything good that can come of it? And that, that may seem like a little bit of a peculiar question, Jacob. Some people think might think, you know, absolutely not. How could it be anything good? But I think the scriptures say that maybe we can get some good out of it. I think so. Um, and certainly that is, if, if, if suffering is a universal thing, and if, if, if there can be something good that comes from it, then certainly every one of us could benefit from uh, suffering in a way. And we ought to know how that is so that we can, you know, if we're going to suffer, we might as well get something out of it. Well, uh, even those who are not trying to live righteous lives, I think, gain some benefit from the fact that people suffer. For, I think one of the benefits of suffering is that it, it serves as a discouragement against evil, and it punishes those who choose to do evil. Okay. Uh, Proverbs 13, verse 15 says, the way of the transgressor is hard. And so, uh, you know... Think of it this way. Uh, man, I could go rob a bank, and I could get a, a pile of money. But if I did that, there's the strong possibility I could be caught, thrown in jail, and so forth. I mean, and the, and the thought that my evil deeds might bring suffering into my life serves as a deterrent in a way. You know, I, I guess I won't rob that bank because I sure don't want to, I don't want to face that kind of a hardship. And so... Okay. Since we, since everybody knows that they're, that, that living and doing evil can produce a hardship or a suffering in your life, uh, I think it tends to slow some people down. Well, you've known people who, they have no interest in serving God, but uh, they used to live a wild life. You know, they used to be very heavy drinkers or into drugs. And nowadays they say, I don't do that anymore. Not because God it doesn't was want me to. Me. It was killing me. I yeah. couldn't take it anymore. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so there, there's a, there's a uh, you know, I don't know if everybody would consider that a positive, but I would take that as a positive uh, aspect of what uh, the fact that there is suffering in the world. Okay. Uh, All right. Uh, secondly, I would argue that uh, suffering reminds us of, of the, the brevity of life and the certainty of death. Uh we need to keep that in mind. We need to be reminded. I'm not going to live here forever. Okay. This, this is not forever. I need to keep an eye on eternity. You know, if it was perfect and if you never had any pain or any suffering, would you ever want to leave? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, 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 good observation is what I mean by yeah. I, I think you, 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 <laughs> you'd want to leave. Okay. Um, uh, you disagree with my. <laughs> but I think that your point is is right. Okay. That that it, you know, suffering. Helps us remember this is just a temporary life. This is a vain, brief right. time here on earth. In fact, Solomon said in Ecclesiastes chapter seven at verse two, "It is better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting, for that is the end of all men, and the living will lay it to heart." Well, the house of mourning is there because of death and suffering. Right. But Solomon said there's an advantage to going there. Go to the house of mourning. Deal with suffering and pain and death because it reminds us we will lay it to heart that this is the end of all men. All of us are going to die, and we need to keep it in mind. And so as I grow old, as my infirmities increase, as I suffer, I'm reminded this is just a temporary life, and I have a hope of something far better. And so that's a that's a potential plus for, for dealing with suffering in the present how world. Many, uh, how many elderly people have you talked to where they were suffering uh, immensely? 
in their in their old age. And uh, how many people have you talked to who said I'm I'm ready to go or I, I you know I, I I'm I'm ready to die. I need some I need some relief from the suffering that I'm going through. And uh, young or old, those even who are young who are stricken with uh, some type of terminal illness, uh, they're reminded that uh, this life is temporary, and uh, and they they long for uh, for an eternity. We got an email from Indiana that says, I read a book years ago by a Jewish rabbi. It was called Why Bad Things Happen to Good People. It basically said that God did not promise us a perfect life with no pain. God put things in motion, and we make, and we experience many things, both good and bad. Our main goal in life is what we do to prepare for eternity while experiencing the ups and downs of life. These experiences make us stronger and able to withstand and survive misfortune as it comes along. I think those are true observations. Uh, uh, Anthony, in his answer to our questions, said, uh, I'm sure most of your listeners will quote James chapter 1, verse 2. That, that says, count it all joy. Let me, I don't know. Yeah, wanna... you fall into diverse temptations. Yeah. Knowing this, yeah. the trying to your faith work is patience. That's right. So, you know, that, that going through those things makes us stronger. Mm-hmm. And then he suggests James 4, beginning verse 7. Uh, where it says, uh, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of God, and he shall lift you up. In other words, uh, it, 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 some suffering may cause us to turn to God, I think maybe is the gist of that passage. And he also mentions Hebrews chapter... 12 verses 5 and 6 Hebrews chapter 12 verses 5 and 6 uh, you have forgotten the exhortation was speaking unto you as children my son despise not the chastening of the Lord nor faint when thou art rebuked of him for whom the Lord loveth he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth which suggests the idea of being made stronger through hardship maybe I think that's right okay. uh, Anthony says let me get his point here he says adversity causes us to become stronger ultimately it is also a humbling experience which is best is the best way for us to get close to God unfortunately many folks are only close to God in times of suffering but we ought not to do so in other words, he, uh, his point is we should serve God in both good times and bad, but bad times can bring us to a point of realizing our dependence upon God. I, I, I think that's true for some people. Unfortunately, I think there, there's another reaction that some people have to that to turn away from out God. Out of bitterness. Out of bitterness. And so we, we need to allow these things to make us stronger, as Anthony suggests. All right. In the chat room, uh, a verse that I had queued up to play in the next break. We'll hear it again. We'll hear it now, and we'll hear it again in a few minutes. Uh, an anonymous listener says, Our Father's promise in Hebrews chapter 13, verses 5 uh, and 6, Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Uh, we have the promise of God in these difficult times that we face uh, that we will uh, have him to comfort us. And we need to take uh, great uh, consolation in that. We also had uh, a reference uh, to the book of James again in the chat room. Uh, where a listener said, uh, reference uh, James chapter 5, where uh, the, the, um, the instruction was that if we uh, are, are suffering, if any man suffer, if any man is sick, uh, so again, the idea that we're all going to suffer and we need to be able to deal with that as God would have us do. A couple of other observations there. One, one, uh, one person in the chat room says, I find it interesting that before sin there was no government, business, religion, or corporations, 
which are man-made, uh, well, I would eliminate, well, man-made religions maybe, which are man-made situations. Only God can provide that perfection we crave. In other words, men have come up with a lot of things, maybe with a goal toward limiting their suffering, but only God can ultimately do that, I believe is the observation there. Okay. Uh, someone asked in the chat room, do you think we suffer more for doing right or for doing wrong? Oh, good question. And the answer, another another person there in the chat room says, for doing wrong. If we do right, we will understand it is for the right reasons, for God, and we will receive a crown. Oh, well, I guess, so the emotional the emotional toll on us for doing, suffering for doing evil, is we realize we brought it upon ourselves, yeah. whereas if you're suffering for doing good, you realize you're doing it for the right reason. Yeah. Good yeah. comments. All, All right. right. Let's get one more break, Jacob, and then we deal with the last question, uh, or, or maybe a few more observations about good that can come from suffering but the last question has to do on how would you what answer would you give what advice would you give to help someone who's going through a tough period of suffering what from the scripture from a godly perspective what would you say how would you help them all right here's an answer to the question is it uh, better to or you suffer more for doing good or for doing bad uh listener in the chat room references first peter chapter 3 verse 17 for it is better if the will of god be so that you suffer for well-doing than for evil doing you may suffer more for doing bad but uh, it's better in god's eyes to suffer for well-doing for doing suffer for well-doing okay. all right 877-381-4567 email questions at collegeview.com don't go anywhere we'll go to the top of the hour right after this don't touch that mouse the virtual bible study will be back right after this I'm Greg Gwynn, a host of the Virtual Bible Study. Thanks for joining us for tonight's program. The Virtual Bible Study is presented weekly by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Each week on the Virtual Bible Study, we simply engage in the study of God's Word in an effort to better understand it, better understand how God views us, and better understand what He wants from us in our lives. We're not studying any creeds. We're not studying any books written by men. We're just studying the Bible. And we're trying to study the Bible alone without any of our opinions or wisdom mixed in. We're only interested in what our Creator has revealed to us in his word. We realize that we're fallible and cannot direct our own steps. As a result, what we think or feel doesn't really matter. All that matters is what God has said. So that's what the virtual Bible study is all about. It's pretty simple, isn't it? Thanks again for joining us tonight, and we will hope you'll make plans to join us every Thursday night for the virtual Bible study. Hi, I'm Jack Coleman, a member of the College View Church of Christ, with a suggestion for you and your family. Why not turn off the TV on Thursday nights and gather the family around the computer for an hour of in-depth Bible study? The virtual Bible study always involves subjects of importance and interest to serious Bible students. So, why not join this Internet Bible study group every Thursday night? For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6. The virtual Bible study continues. And welcome back. I, if you've I'm got it, sleep at the you're switch. Sleep at the wheel. There, we've got. We're in. We're all. Every one of us is in. Bat, in the wrong, wrong seat. We're sitting in the wrong seats tonight. Right. Uh, we're glad that you're listening to the program tonight. We uh, will remind you, Dad. Uh, we might uh, need to put this in the update email next week. But if you want to come early next week to the program, uh, you can listen to the new. We're calling it the Virtual Bible Study Teen Edition. Okay. Okay. All right. First All right. of all, I didn't know you were calling it that. Oh, that's Good. what we're calling it. The Virtual hey. Bible Study Teen Edition. Yeah. We're going to do that as a as a run up to the regular Virtual right. Bible Study. Okay. So you need to be here about uh, fifteen or twenty minutes ahead of time, and uh, maybe tell your kids. Uh, to, to, to tune yeah, in. get the get the young people to listen. Uh, right. That's good. Uh, so the high school kids and uh, and a little bit younger. We'll be working on that uh, every week, and uh, so we'll be doing that beforehand, and then we'll have it in an archive so that you can watch it later. But uh, we'll, we'll we'll broadcast it before the program. All right, good deal. All right. 
Um, we got an email from Troy in Hendersonville, Tennessee, who said, who references Genesis 50, verse 20. Uh, Joseph to his brothers said, as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about this present result to preserve many people alive. And Troy says, sometimes we go through a period of suffering to bring about good. And that's the point we're trying to make. That's good. I appreciate Troy bringing that up. Yeah, good observation there. Uh, As we already pointed out... uh, Suffering can do good, and we and and Anthony mentioned in his email, and others have suggested, and uh, that you know, as Christians, we can grow stronger for going through suffering. Um, actually, the, the the scripture even suggests Jacob that it might open a door to provide uh, a possibility for evangelism. Okay, in yeah. Phil- in Philippians chapter one, verse twelve, Paul talking about his own situation, he was suffering, he was in prison. Un, un, unjustly pri- imprisoned because he was preaching the gospel of Christ. And in Philippians chapter 1, beginning verse 12, he said, that, But I would, you should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather into the furtherance of the gospel, so that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all other places, and many of the brethren in the Lord, waxing confident by my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. And so here, Paul, man, it, I want to tell you, it takes a really mature person spiritually mature person to be able to say i'm suffering but i can see that it's actually beneficial to the kingdom's sake not necessarily to my sake personally but for the cause of christ it is serving a good purpose and so paul there as he was imprisoned in Rome, could see an advantage that was that was happening because of that um maybe on a on a on a more practical level take that concept Let's say that somebody we know who's lost in sin is going through a hard period of suffering, maybe with some kind of physical ailment or something. That, Jacob, might open a door of opportunity for us to go to them and speak to them about their eternal soul. Right. You know, they, they prior to that time in their life, maybe they weren't interested in even thinking about those things. But, happened a lot, hasn't it? But a lot of times we've known people who facing, you know, maybe life-threatening illness or terminal situations of one sort or another are brought to the point of saying, hey, I need to do something about eternity. And so that suffering could open a door of opportunity for us to do evangelism. If that's the case, if if, if that suffering led that person to open their heart to the gospel, then you would have to conclude that was a good thing. Good came of it, even though it was uh, uh, maybe even a very horrible kind of suffering that they were dealing with. A good passage in the chat room uh, that a listener brings up is Job chapter 1, verse 21, where Job said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And so when we're suffering these things, Dad, it does put us uh, uh, in mind of the fact that this life is temporary and that we need to be serving God, that uh, the things that matter are eternal in nature. Uh, and uh, also uh, references Job chapter 2, verse 10. Job chapter 2, verse 10. Uh, what shall we receive good at the hand of God, and shall we not receive evil? And all this did not Job sin with his lips. Uh, so, again, Job had that uh, spiritual perspective that does come from suffering. Uh, I want to go back to Second Corinthians chapter 12, where Paul is talking about his thorn in the flesh. Uh, in uh, in Second, Thess- uh, Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10, after Paul's gone through the ordeal of suffering with this thorn in the flesh, whatever it may have been, 
Um, he's asking God to, re- to remove it three times. In verse 10, he says, Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. He's weak spirit- or physically, right. suffering spiritually. Right. And uh, that strengthened him spiritually, and we can have the same benefit from our suffering. Yeah. You know, it is, it is a thing that has to do with our faith. And if our faith is strong, we can face those hardships. In fact, if our faith is as it ought to be, we realize that this is all just temporary here. We, we, we've known for a long time that this is going to, this life is going to end. It's not going to go on indefinitely. And in the vast majority of cases, end of life situations usually involve some suffering. Uh, death itself is a form of suffering uh, and makes loved ones suffer who are left behind and so forth. But all of that just needs to remind us that we're looking for a better place. Uh, in the book of Hebrews, uh, those great heroes of faith are referenced. And it says uh, um, concerning them, though, uh, in Hebrews 11, verse 13, all those great heroes of faith, it says, They died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they had come out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. We need to have the outlook that they had. All right, I want to ask you a question, uh, and I'll put the passage on the screen. Back to Job chapter 2, verse 10, where the question is, What shall we receive good at the hand of God, and shall we not receive evil? Do you think that God... Causes some of the suffering. We go back to to James chapter one verse seventeen, or uh, uh, James chapter one verse uh, thirteen. Let no man say when he's tempted, I'm tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with either; neither tempteth he any man. Do you think that God causes some of the suffering? We talked about there's some benefits from it, some spiritual benefits. Could God cause some of that suffering? Job seemed to allude to the fact that God was sending evil his way, and maybe he was just looking at it from physical glasses. Well, but we know the story of Job. We know that it was Satan who actually Satan brought all that, those... Right? God allowed it. In the case okay. of Job, God allowed Satan to do those things. I think God allows Satan certain certain license in the okay. world. Uh, but I, I, I would not argue that God sends evil on righteous people. Okay. I do think that God sends punishment... I mean, we could go all through the Old Testament and read references where God sent punishment, sent judgment against people for their evil doing. But I, w- I would not argue that. I don't think I would argue that he sends evil. He allows he allows bad things to happen to good people. He allowed his own son to suffer a miserable death on the cross of Calvary. He allowed it, but I don't think we would put the blame at his feet for causing it. Okay. All right. Eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven is the number to call if you have a quick comment. The 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 final question we got the least feedback on this last question, Jacob. How would what what advice would you give to someone who's going through a hard period of suffering in their life? What would you do to help them? Anthony suggests Philippians chapter four, 
which talks about the fact that we should rejoice in the Lord. Uh, and and I, I'll just suggest some of those verses in Philippians chapter 4, uh, verse 4, beginning, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Rejoice in the Lord. Take consolation in the Lord. I think that's a good passage. Uh, I would I would suggest Second Corinthians chapter four, beginning verse seventeen. Paul said, "For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen." For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And so um, I think the best advice we could give someone going through such a hard period of suffering would be stay focused on spiritual, eternal things. Don't let your focus be on the temporal, physical things. Focus on God. All right. Well, uh, certainly uh, talked about tonight, we're going to suffer. And so we need to be prepared for that. We need to understand why we're suffering, where the suffering's coming from, and uh, we need to have the correct perspective on it. And as we've talked about tonight, uh, Dad, if we have the correct perspective, then we can benefit from the suffering. We can be stronger on the other side of it. I think that's uh, right. It won't be pleasurable, but we know and we have confidence. Good can come of it. If we deal with it like God wants us to deal with it. Yeah, exactly right. It can be better. All right. Well, we appreciate uh, you for being on the other side of the line there tonight, Dad, uh, in the uh, strange chair, but... Uh, we got through it. We got through it. Hopefully, again, to those who've seen some inappropriate ads on Ustream, hopefully we're getting we're going to get rid of that uh, service uh, within before the next program. Hopefully, and uh, have, have a little cleaner connection and a better uh, way to get to the chat room and everything else. So, hopefully, by next week we'll we'll be in a little better better shape for you to see the virtual Bible study. No more ads. We're going to use our friend Phil Hunt and his streaming service, and we've got that uh, almost set up. We've got a new chat room that uh, will not require you to log in. So if you listen to us in the audio uh, archive version, we'd encourage you to maybe make plans to be back here live on Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central Time, where you can join in with other yeah, listeners. Hopefully we're going to have it. So even if you're using a slow Internet connection and just listening and not viewing the virtual Bible study, even you'll be able to get into the chat room that way. All right. Dad, thank you for your time tonight and uh, for the good discussion about suffering. Thanks, Jacob. And a listener in the chat room will close us out tonight. He says, God is faithful. We should always be faithful to him in good times and bad. Not that he causes the bad. It's a good comments for us to close with tonight. All right. Thank All right. you. Thank you for being there tonight, and we hope you'll make plans to be back here next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study his inspired word, the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 930 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.